We are on. It's 11 o'clock. We've done it. I mean, we are to the second. We have started the broadcast. Um, again, Olivia and I sort of keep, keep tabs on how well we're able to actually execute a, a true be live on Facebook. Um, and so I, I feel like we're getting much better at it. Yes. Yes. I would say every we're learning something new every single time. So mm-hmm. we're going to write a book. We'll write the procedure manual for, um, for using be live. <laughs> yes, we, we tips, can. Tips and uh, tricks. Yes. And you know, by the way, if anyone wants to uh, ever get involved with that, with be live, I mean, the, the support staff are great because I shoot them questions all the time about how do I make this thing go? <laughs> and they're, uh, they're awesome. So anyway, yeah. all right. So it's day. It's a, well, it's 11 a.m. where you are. It's 10. It's 10 a.m. I'm horrible at time zones. Like, I don't even know what time it is where I am. I have to look at my watch. So, but we have Kelly, Kelly Donahue Pro. I, hopefully I said that all right. That's a, that was a lot for me to get out just now uh, with us. And she's in a completely different time zone. So we're all over the country. We're bringing this cross country. To- yeah, we represent a little bit of everything today. You're right. I think that's yeah. true. Yeah, so I'm excited. We have. East Coast, West Coast, and a little Midwest flavor as well. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to Kelly today. And um, hopefully we're, we're going to generate some good insight for anybody that's tuning in and anybody that might watch this afterwards. So should be good. Well, and I, I feel like, guys, I wore my crazy Christmas sweater here today. Um, so if anybody is wondering why, I I'm, I'm actually have a stocking on me. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm at an agency here in Tacoma, um, and we're going to be doing some of our training today. And it happened to be ugly sweater day on the day Perfect. that I had on with you guys, which was really great timing. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. That's good timing. Oh, my gosh. So, um, so I think a lot of people probably know Kelly, just from being in the industry, it'd be hard not to know Kelly. Um, I just officially met Kelly in March at Elevate. So for anybody that's wondering, if you want to know where to go to connect with other people, Elevate is a great event to put on your calendar. Um, But Kelly, why don't you just start out? I mean, so I know you have agency performance parts and you have agency appeal. Um, Can you give us a little bit of background? Like, what's your history? Um, some people might already know it. I know a little bit of it, um, but just, you know, a little bit of your history and how you got to developing, you know, these two companies. <laughs> so I, I always think it's funny because, you know, no one grows up wanting to be in insurance and uh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't in my family tree either. So it wasn't like mom and dad had an agency. So um, actually my mom always teases me when I was a little girl, I told her I wanted to grow up and be a lion. That was my career aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why she didn't get me into some remedial tutoring at that point, but and now you're bigger. So I mean, yeah, you're close. I guess yeah, you're right. I never thought of it that way. Um, but you know, I I grew up in uh, in Connecticut and uh, not in the greatest economic area, but I knew I wanted to branch out. So uh, not a lot of jobs in that area. So as I was kind of in high school, I picked up a job as a bank teller. Um, like I floated around because. They needed help in the summers and I was going to college. And so the the thing is that the bank had some insurance products, auto loans, and 
you know, I, I needed money. And that was like, you know, my, my parents weren't wealthy. My dad was in sales. My mom was a school teacher. So lo and behold, I'm a sales trainer. You know, I guess it was genetically predisposed, but um, I got, and I hate dating myself. Every time I have to tell this story and like in 2019, I'm thinking somebody's at some point's going to play this at my retirement party and, and ask me like, what was an ATM card? Because I, I tell the story because I was a bank teller when people still went into banks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the ATM card had just come out. And it's very funny from an 18 year old's perspective, as you look at insurance, like all the disruption and everyone thought banks were going to close and, you know, they didn't need as many tellers. Everyone's going to be laid off. And so they just kept incentivizing us to tee up other opportunities. And so anybody who came in my teller line, I just asked, like, where do you have your auto insurance? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh, the guy up the road. I'm like, well, you're here. Do you want to just get a quote right back? And, you know, I just got good at teeing it up and the bank saw something oh, wow. in me and and worked through that. And um, then the mortgage crisis hit. So everything was mortgage, mortgage, mortgage and mortgage yeah. hit. And it was insurance, insurance, insurance. Um and then from there, I got recruited by a technology company in insurance. Again, totally dating myself. Like, I didn't have a Facebook account when I started with this insurance tech company. And so Facebook was just becoming a thing. And I yeah. uh, got my first Facebook account uh, working for them. And we were helping agencies develop websites and internet leads and search engine optimization. And very, very early, 10 years ago, database nurturing. Mm. Well, lo and behold, I mean, we blew up people's databases. Like this was when technology was like <laughs> sending out like a hat, a Merry Christmas e-card was like a dangerous situation. Wait, that's a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but when your technology is not great, it can definitely, you know, like <laughs> okay. bad, like you can send out the logo of somebody else's agency if you're not real careful. Kelly, this I'm, was a ready, uh, I'm actually getting ready to push go on one of those myself here very shortly. So <laughs> be, very, be very careful. Yeah. Well, I remember Which being company? at an agency in Florida and he was going to send out an email to 10 auto dealerships, 10. And you should have seen his trepidation hitting the button. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> okay. And then he went back into it. Like who opened it? Anybody open it yet? <laughs> Just like, oh, that's great. <laughs> but lo and behold, all that happened. That company got sold to Zywave. And when that happened, I was able five years ago to break free and, you know, do my own thing. Um, and so in my course of the last decade, I've actually been inside of over 700 agencies and, you know, we would say people come to us, the top agencies in the country come to us to just help them solve their biggest challenges. And, um, our specialty is really working with the staff. So training them on how to cross sell, how to close deals, hmm. how to serve the customer. Um, so, you know, when we, when we work with agencies, they definitely, they've got the team members and, you know, let's be honest the staff is every agency's biggest investment. And, you know, where, where my battle cry is we need to more than ever train our staff so that they have the tools to really work with the modern consumer and how to overcome their objections, how to, how to treat them like, you know, we really, really do care about them and have that relationship. That's awesome. Yeah. So was there some lightning moment happened where you were like, this is a need. I know how to so it is really fun that the tech company I worked for, um, we got investment capital. And so all these like C level suite people started being a part of this business. And that was great, but none of them had an insurance background. So I really started having some cultural conflict because, you know, I had been working with these agencies, these were my friends, and they were, you know, none of them had even been into an insurance agency. Hence why it got sold to Zywave at some point. But um, so I started having cultural conflict. And so the CEO came to me and said, hey, 
I, I, you can't do your job anymore. And I was the head of client services. We've got somebody with this MBA and, you know, he's a SaaS company guy and he's just a better fit. And so they stuck me in the training department. So I'm doing this by just pure, like, you know, the fate of the world pushed me in that and I loved it. And then, you know, one thing led to another. So um, I find in my life, very few things were of my own decisions. <laughs> I'm not that lucky to make those brilliant million dollar lottery type decisions that, that I would have yeah. been forced kicking and screaming into things more and more. Yeah. So it's just like the, the bricks were being laid in the right direction and you just, uh, you were, you were a willing recipient of what was in front of you. Yeah. Something about the hundred percent of my health insurance covered and the paycheck at that time in my, you know, <laughs> mid to late twenties was really appealing to keep the process yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. You were willing to keep an open mind about the uh, prospects in front of you, right? <laughs> yeah. It was a, uh, it was a necessity. <laughs> so what, so what, what do each of the companies do? So what is, are they doing separate functions or like what does agency performance partners versus agency appeal? Like what's the difference? Yeah. So agency appeal is um, I call it like my, my baby. I don't have kids. So agency appeal sort of my baby, but um, I, I had a marketing degree. And so our goal on that one is like, we really believe your, every agency has to figure out their brand. You know, like who they are, what they stand for. I just wrote a blog for Agency Nation that included some of the stuff in it. But like it's 2020. We cannot serve everybody. Like we can't like I hear all the time. Well, I'm just a main street agency, but I don't like the non-standard and I only want people that pay their bills and value their insurance. I'm like, (laughs) so everybody wants that. Um, But we have to figure (laughs) out like. Are you going after empty nesters? Are you going after young professionals? Like you have to figure out who you want to go after and then target your brand around how that's going to appeal to them. And, you know, in the independent agency world, we are the least convenient way to do business. (laughs) Like it's like I can call Geico Progressive and get a quote in 13 seconds. But if I want if I'm calling into an agency, I want a relationship. And so we start by saying who are your target markets? Like, let's talk this through, confirm them, build your persona, then go ahead and say, okay, well, how is your agency going to serve them better than everybody else? So like a prime example is you want to write growing families. Well, do you have access to, you know, driving schools that you can work with? Do you have a scholarship program with the school? Because that's a big concern for growing families. Do you have office hours that are convenient for growing families? Like if you shut your office down at four, and mom and dad work, they're really going to struggle to do business with you. No do you doubt. have text? Yep. Do you have text messaging capabilities? Are you at the Saturday farmers market handing out disposable bags with your agency name on it, offering quotes? You know, you pick your target markets and then back your way into how we're going to serve them, which can ruffle agencies' feathers, right? Like, what do you mean we have to be open during lunch? I'm like, yes. Yeah. In 2020, it's really good to be open during lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, but when you understand who you're trying to target, you figure out what's important to them. And then you can use that in your branding and your marketing to get out there and and really make it appealing. And in that company, we really preach also too. it's 2020. Does your agency look like it's from 2020? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we have to fight the insurance blue. Everybody wants insurance blue. And I'm like, that can be one of your six colors. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was, now that you say that, now I understand exactly what you say when you say insurance blue. I've never heard that before. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just a navy blue that's um you know many many years ago said in you know it was trust and respect it's like but everyone glazes over it today so um yeah. we kind of help it's, it's like we say if you look at any like the hgtv like rehab shows like we want to come in here and put the paint on the walls and get you guys to be really relevant to the key target markets yeah. by positioning it in a way that look and feels and responds to them okay yeah that's I think I should I should point out that I am using Ooh. my ridiculously oh. amazing insurance notebook. I love this. Thing. I love the the green. Just makes me happy every time I pull this out of my bag. I love it. Well, you, I think you did get that at Elevate. Uh, we did. we we got them for a very Mardi Gras type colors. So yes. yes, it was a lot of fun. The beads and the yes, the whole the whole bit. I loved it. Okay, so then agency performance partners obviously geared toward the actual like. The tr that's the training side of, of what you do. Yeah, so we really developed the, I think that there's there's four key things that we do on that company. One of them is an agency assessment. Think of it like a physical for your agency. Mm -hmm. um, we do secret shopper calls, which everyone gets really freaked out about. Um, but it's really interesting. So currently our metrics show that 30% of my secret shoppers never get a quote after two weeks. Ooh, wow. Ouch. Oh, from someone that deals with sales every day, that would that would drive me crazy. <laughs> wow, that is staggering. Ouch. It, yeah, and so we talk about growth, and the, one of the challenges I'm sure you guys can even speak to, and from your perspectives, is there's not a lot of great opportunity to like check a new quote in and follow its path. Um, you know, yeah. so lead management is something that we still struggle with. Like there are options yeah. out there, but there some of them are in a management system. Some aren't. Some are just yep. you have to really be on the staff. Did you do this? So, you know, it, it can be really, really challenging that, you know, somebody takes a lead in today and they call out sick tomorrow that no one's diving in to get that person a quote. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we really try to go through the whole process of an agency and say, here's our key recommendations. We partner with them for 90 days to help get that done, whether revenue per staff, um, looking at their marketing strategy, looking at um, what are they doing to proactively serve their clients? What does their closing ratio look like? Diving into the management system and pulling out all the gook and seeing, you know, mm -hmm. like, can you get a good report? Do your processes need to be updated? So that's really where most agencies start with us. And then we've got three six month training programs, one on time management, because honestly, guys, I just got so sick last year. I was like, if I walk into one more agency and they all tell me how flipping busy they are, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to pull a nutty. Like I can't, I can't do this yeah. any longer. Yeah, it's, it's a like, four letter word in Kelly's dictionary. Oh, <laughs> it's so, it's, well, and part of it is my mom is retired. So every time I talk to her, she's telling me how busy she is as like I'm in like the Chicago airport at 1130 at night. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> right. mom, mom, are you ironing your sheets right now? That's not busy. <laughs> <laughs> no um, so part of it is part of it is my family. But, um, you know, we really focus on the idea, like, what are we busy doing? Like, if we're busy letting a quote sit for four days, like, <clears throat> why are we even quoting it at that point? Let it go. Yeah. Like, Call a person, say I didn't get to it. Have hope you found insurance. Like, <laughs> so Kelly, let me ask you a question about that because I think what what that pops in my mind is, you know, a, a lot of us, I feel like, and we're we're sort of starting to bridge out of this a little bit, but a lot of us, I feel like, are 
I don't want to say stuck, but we're we're sort of trapped in. I think "trapped" is a better word in being a soul practitioner. Mm. Um, you know, even even business owners that you know have a staff of ten to fifteen people in an insurance agency. Um, I know several right here in town that in, in my immediate area that still act like sole practitioners. Like they, 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 they want to meet with every health insurance opportunity, even if it's an individual that doesn't pay you <laughs> and they still want to, you know, there, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of that out there still. So how do you, how do you get those, uh, watershed moments to hit the, hit the agency owners to say this, this really has to, this has to change if you want to elevate your business. Well, you should look to try to buy them in the next five years. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean to be that brass about it. So the idea is, and people fight me on this a little bit, but you know, with my agent, I have 16 policies between commercial right. personal lines life. So I pay my bills in full. Like I don't need much. What would happen to me in an average agency is um, you might call me every now and, you know, I, 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 first of all, in an agency like that, probably not getting any email. I'm not getting recognized on my birthday or my anniversary. It's kind of more that mentality. Call us if you need an auto change. Well, out by me in Rhode Island, car dealerships have insurance agencies in them yeah. Yeah. and they don't want me calling you. They want, you know, they want me calling yeah. them. I mean, if I'm picking up an auto, a car on a Saturday, I can't call you. Right for the most part. So right. I go to that guy and, and now you lose a policy and I don't think anything of it because I'm looking in my bank statement and my EFT says travelers, 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 no offense to travelers who I have, but they don't say your agency name. So right. 16 policies comes and goes. I don't need much. I pay in full. And instead we spend our time on the squeaky wheel, the non-payer, the constant claims, mm -hmm. the person who wants to come in and pay their bill and eat four of your mini Snickers that you have out on the front desk and Milky take an way. hour. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't want to get on EFT and somebody who's spending, you know, 25 to $30,000 on insurance with you can easily get missed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be that, I think that that's great. But I, first of all, stop and say, does your target demographic want that? Yeah. Right. You know, I would much rather be able to text my agent than to have to come in and sit with them once a year. You yeah, know, right. now if I wanted to sit with you, I'm sitting with you, but mm -hmm. yeah. And if you, if your office is open from nine o'clock till four, I, I can't get there during no. those right. times, you know, right. like, so to me, it's like, take a step back and say, it's not about me. It's about them. And if mm -hmm. the target consumer is retired and mm -hmm. loves that, go for it. Yeah. If it's not take a step back and just say, I also want to say something on that front, like the solo practitioner. One thing that, you know, we preach is you have to fire yourself from that job. So if you're doing your yeah. business right, you should be having a producer. Like you shouldn't be the top producer and run a business. Right. Yep. Now, in the beginning, you are. But that's a job you need to fire yourself from and get a producer and right. stick your neck out. And, you know, because if you can keep replicating yourself, that's how you're going to grow your business. Yeah. It's hard to do. I mean, we're in a situation in our agency specifically where I think that's a reality, you know, where we're, mm -hmm. we're starting to, to um, get to a place where it's clear that we need to start replicating ourselves. Um, and by ourselves, I mean, you know, myself and, and, uh, and my father-in-law, we need to start replicating what we're able to do so that um, going into the future, we've got solid business plans in place to be able to 
respond to the needs of the community that we serve. Um, and it's, um, it's hard because, you know, right now that's what puts money in the bank account. Yeah. And you're like, well, gosh, I can write half a million dollars a year still. And I haven't changed a whole lot. So, you know, so I think that's the, that's the, that's the tough part, right? That's the educational piece that, that we're, that we're missing. And that's well, where you and come I, in, Kelly. Um, but I, you know, I've done it myself too over yeah. time. It's like, you know, I challenge myself to fire myself from a $10 an hour job every month, like just written <laughs> in my plan. Like there's some things I'm touching awesome. where it's like, get rid of it, you know? And it was those days early on where I was working, you know, till seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night on a weekend to get through everything that you needed to do. And it's just, you know, the money comes. And so there's the idea that you, you know, you pay a new person every week, you don't pay them the total salary up front. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea is, is that at some point in time, you can't keep servicing those books of business and you can't do it the right way. But our challenge is like you make a copy of yourself. It's still a copy. It, you know, like you always right. think you can do it better. And when you're in a leadership or ownership role, you know, you can do it better. But if you can get 80 percent, 75 percent of yourself and have two or three of them, you're still yeah. growing more than one what one person can do. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that the, the the bigger idea is, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you know, do you want to be a business owner? Do you want to be an agent? Right. And um, when you become sort of obsessed with, I want to be a business owner. And if I never have to do an endorsement again, you know. Happy day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very good. So, um I don't know. Did we get through all four of these? No, we didn't because okay. we started talking. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I, I I'm always good for listen. derailing a conversation. No. Sorry about that. Keep, keep well, and you, you get me you get me talking about the word busy and like, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it's two days later. Um, so yeah. we're trying to we're trying to eradicate the word busy from agencies with that program. Mm -hmm. You know, like how to set up your suspenses and open activities, how to deal with people's time off, how to have a clean desk how to manage your email. Like these are real basic things that no one understands, but email mm -hmm. hoarding is a real thing in agencies. Yep. Um, and then that's a problem. No doubt. Our next, our first program we ever started, which is still by far our most popular is our retention program. So we strongly believe, and we go into agencies and install this over six months that every client deserves a proactive renewal phone call. Okay. Mm. To, review their account, make sure it's accurate, cross-sell them, ask for referrals, build that relationship. And a lot of agencies have challenged me on this saying, um, you know, oh, well, we automate that. We, we automate those touch points. I go, you know what? Relationships can be enhanced with automation, but they cannot right. be built with automation. Right, right. And I just look at it like there's $7 billion in personal lines being spent to attract your customer away from you. The least we could do is make a... Oh three minute phone call every year to them to tell them that we love them and then take their $4,000 from them. Yeah. You know, do you, do you think it's fair to say that if you don't feel a client is worth a pre-renewal call, then you probably shouldn't write their business in the first place. Great question. You should, you should fire them. Like yeah. one of the, in the blog I'm writing for agency nation said that's top 10 things people need to embrace in 2020. And I said, firing clients, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have an agency in New York that it's actually happening soon. The agency owner lets each person fire three clients every year. And <laughs> these women go out for margaritas 
and it's like an NCAA bracket <laughs> on like with chips and salsa. Yeah, and it's great. like, okay, well, we I pulled up the activity report for this guy and he had four non-pays this year. And like yep. they come back and the owner makes the phone call and says, it's just, you know, we're not renewing you and, and that's it. But you know, your staff improves that their, their quality of life improves. You're not making any money on them. They're a big and O claim. Yeah. Um, so to me, I, you know, that's the apprehension we have. Like we, we do advocate for late payment calls, but not because you want to babysit people. Those people need to be fired. And then it's the good people who maybe change bank accounts or something got slipped through the cracks that we should be calling. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so the, and I know there's, you know, issues. So I put the big, you know, asterisks, like I am not an, you know, attorney. I know everyone gets freaked out by that, but to me, if, if, and it happened, it happened to me, I changed offices when we updated the, my address with my commercial account, they left off the unit number. I've never got a bill. You know, we're in office. It's like a $500 workers comp policy. I didn't think twice about not paying it. And if my agency didn't call me, I would have been without workers comp and I'm in the insurance space. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh so, man. You know, you know, Kelly, I, I you know, someday we could do a whole uh, podcast could. live on just, you know, and I feel like, you know, from the perspective that, you know, there's so many things about, you know, that are, are very important, very necessary. And then you, you always have like this one or two people in an agency that take, you know, and it is like, you can't do anything because, you right. know, we're, we're, I'm like, this is a business. We take risks every day. Like there's, there's going to be things that, that aren't, you know, like we have to call, in my opinion, and this is totally my opinion. We have to call those people. Like if, if it, like we were up until just a couple of years ago, we weren't calling people that had bank account issues. We just, Hey, they'll figure it out. I'm like, what? How much time and energy and effort did I spend to get this person here? And anyway, so like that, and and so we, we're going through that. That's a real, that's a real struggle. And I think, I think E and O is one of the is one of the objections. Yeah, it's really hard for uh, agency owners and business owners to to get over. Well, I, one of my mentors in insurance used to say, "If we're worried about E and O, we should never unlock the door." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. We've got far bigger E&O issues by, you know, some of the lack of attention to detail that you guys all have in here. Like, don't worry about some of the things that we're working on, you know? Um, yeah, we just had this discussion the other day about the fact that we built our, you know, we build workflows to avoid an E&O issue and we don't build our procedures based on the customer experience. And so just like going back to the drawing board and saying we need to rethink that process because E&O does become that, that excuse for like doing or not doing certain things. And sometimes it's a good guideline, but when it becomes like that overriding excuse for so many different things, it is, it's a danger zone where you're, yeah. you're not doing what you're supposed to do as an agent. I have... I have in my like in my office. I actually laminated it. It was um, I ha I have on a condo association board, and it was the letter that came with the renewal for the condo policy, and it was totally in E and O, like no warm and fuzzy. Like <laughs> we just want to let you know this is your renewal. It is your responsibility to make sure it's a hundred percent accurate. We take no reliability in that. Always <laughs> recommend that you have more coverage than you have, including flood. Blah blah blah. Like twenty five things got listed. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end, it's like by accepting receipt of this policy, you are admitting that this is 100%. And I was like, not, and then at the end, thank you for your business. I was like, what? <laughs> Whew. 
yeah. Well, and that, and that speaks to not again. I'm derailing the conversation. I hate doing this, but that speaks to the. Um, I think the legal term and and some of my if there's any attorneys out there, it's uh, the standard of care. Mm-hmm. And state to state, what the standard of care is, I mean, I believe in where I sit, we are simply an order taker until we prove ourselves otherwise. As yeah. soon as we make any kind of risk management uh, recommendation, we've raised our standard of care. And therefore, and so that language right there is what just freaks people out. You know, I want to stay an order taker. I just want to send, this is the letter. This is, it's your responsibility. None of this is my problem because if I keep that standard of care as just an order taker, I can't be sued. Well, and let's be honest. How often are we all sued? Rarely. Yeah, right. Right. You know, so it's like, I understand if you've been burned, but the idea is, is that like, attorneys don't operate their whole law firm by like, oh, we got to watch out for, you know, you know, like (laughs) they run a business and, you know, my philosophy and my take on this has always been like, we have to own being independent agents. Remember, we're not convenient right. to work with. Yeah. And people, if they're going to independent, they want a relationship and they want to have a person that they can rely on to take care of them, right? Like that is why they came to us. So when we don't do things like making renewal review calls and um, I'm just remembering it is agency actually in Iowa, Olivia. And um, yeah. I went and did the assessment. Everyone's like, oh, we are a small town agency. And I was like, that's awesome. I, I love small towns. I grew up in a small town. That's amazing. So like, what do you do as a small town agency? Well, when people call in, we handle what they ask for. Okay. Do you, do you call them at all at renewal? Cause you're a small town agency, you know, everybody, you know, Oh no, no, we don't poke the sleeping bear. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that term. Yeah. It's like, a small town agency who isn't very much involved in the community, but the idea that we were going to call our customers to talk to them about renewal and protect them from barn fires and hailstorms and all the other stuff you got going on in Iowa. I was like, don't you think that would be the representation of a small town agency? And they're like, well, no, they all know us. They'll call us if they need something. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to remind them that they have insurance. We just want them to remember when they need to know. <laughs> you know? Right. But like, let me walk you guys through like the, this story. Cause we do this role playing when we start out with making renewal calls of the agencies. Like imagine you come home on Friday night and your insurance renewals in your mailbox and you have your Christmas credit card bill from last year that wasn't paid off. And your son wants to go to soccer camp and your insurance renewal went up and it's Christmas again. And it's Friday night. How do you feel about your agent? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. So then, you know, you have a glass of wine or two or three, you shop your insurance because it's on every TV commercial. You pick your own coverage because that's what I would do is pick the lowest. I want to save money. Mm-hmm. Seems legit. I don't know what I'm doing. And now I get this ridiculously low rate. Now, how do I feel about my agent? Yeah. They're ripping me off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how long have I been overpaying? This is ridiculous. Maybe by the goodness of my heart, I call Olivia on Monday morning at 830, the first call of the morning. And I'm spicy because <laughs> now I'm <laughs> Olivia was fine. She changed my vehicles. You know, it was fine. I wasn't like over the moon, but, you know, it was fine. And Olivia's like, no problem. No problem. You know, we have some other markets. Let me shop this for you. I say, fine. That other person's calling me, emailing, text me. I give her a chance. But, you know, here's what happened. It's Monday at an agency and it's busy because it's Monday, you know. And Right. It's always um, busy on Monday. Yeah. So I'm going to – but you know what? This renewal, it's not for 45 days. So, like, I've got other stuff first. 
So I prioritize the next day is a snow day. And then the next day somebody has the flu. So we're busy. So maybe by Thursday or Friday, I can reshop them. And Olivia oh, calls me and says, my goodness. Kelly, I've got some great news. I can save you $600. And I'm like, why did I have to call you? It took six days. I'm over this. Yeah. And that person's blown up their time. Now, let's say I renew with Olivia, right? I renew with Olivia this time. Just path of least resistance. Fine, fine. What do you think I'm putting in my calendar to do next year? Yeah. Same thing. So we kept the client, but now yeah. that, that big company has my information in the marketing database and going to continuously hit me. Yeah. I don't trust Olivia because I had to do all the work last time. And I'm going to make it a point to go shop my insurance and be better prepared. Right. Now, if so then Olivia calls me on Friday and I'm like, oh, I got my insurance. That must be why Olivia wanted to talk to me. And I call Olivia on Monday morning at 8.30. I'm like, hey, girl, what's going on? You want to talk about my renewal? I saw it went up. <laughs> Yep. Now you have better opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Completely different experience. Yeah. So, loyalty is gone. And yeah, if you, if you don't do it the right way, for sure, you've, well, you've lost that. And crazy enough, um, one of the things, a byproduct of the renewal call program is we find that the staff morale improves after mm -hmm. they've been doing it for a few months because they're not under the gun. They're not reshopping at a desperation. Yeah. People yeah. are saying, thank you. This was really helpful. They are able to get the account rounds. They are able to get the increases because they're hitting people before it's a problem. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so it's funny, but everyone hums and haws and says they can't do it in the beginning. But if I get them to the 60 day mark, people are like, no, I, I do like doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the tune yeah. changes. I know, I know Una, Una talks about this a lot and how, how much it, it took people a while to just get comfortable with it. But then it was like, oh, on the back end, you see that your incoming calls have reduced significantly because you're being proactive with your clients. And that was kind of the, you know, that was the thing that she noticed after a couple of months of doing this. It may have taken a while to get people to buy in, but once they did, they realized that their workloads actually felt a lot more manageable. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it solves a lot of problems in the agency and it just allows you to be in the driver's seat, not in the receiving seat. Cause people only call into an agency with a question or a problem. That's yeah. it. No. They don't call and say, how's it going guys? Yeah. <laughs> Any new endorsements for me to consider? Kelly, I don't have time for that anyway. So I mean, what, what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm too busy. I'm too busy following up on this LPR for the guy that wants to cancel. I've called him four times to get that paperwork in to cancel his policy. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's amazing how much we do under the gun. It's like complete habit under the gun, like just operating under the gun. I don't, I don't even know. It is. I mean, when you say it, Kelly, it feels like so common sense that I just, <laughs> it's like, well, like I think of that. In our time management program, one of the things that we absolutely, we tell people, you're not allowed to put open activities for Mondays. You cannot suspend out yourself for a Monday. Interesting. Well, it's the number one day that people have off, right? right? Like the holidays too. Monday's the worst day in an agency. So why are you backlogging yourself? Yep. Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, you're not allowed to do it Friday so you can play catch up. You need to be in the kill zone Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if you do it right and I, you give strong calls to action, like I need this by Thursday end of day to help you versus, mm -hmm. hi, just want to follow up again on that report card for your good student driver discount. Mm -hmm. When you get a chance, can you email that to me? Have a nice day versus yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Kelly, you are know. you familiar with um, the zero backlog system? Mm-hmm. What's your opinion? I am a first call resolution girl all are day you? long. I, okay. I think there's in personal lines, you can do 80 to 90% of what you got to do on that phone call. Yeah. I even have agencies that we've trained them to reshop the person on the phone call and hold them on that call. With today's technology, you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. I see very, 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 very few situations where things should not be done on that phone call with the client on the phone, telling them the price, handling everything start to finish and shutting it down. Great. Cool. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do. And now um, I'll talk to you about our sales program because I know that's what Olivia was going to ask me about next (laughs) because she's got her notes. We have have our sales training program, which um, we have plenty of producers that go through it. um, And we have plenty of people who service and sell. So one of my pain points in the insurance space is in personal lines in particular, there used to be a producer and a service person. And then, you know, margins got different. We could generate inbound yep. leads. We don't need to have people out of the office. So this service person now became a salesperson and they have a service heart. So when sales come in, it's deprioritized. Yep. And um, they do a lot of things that don't, some common sense things that don't, um, don't help us hit our goals. So even producers do this. So that's why I say both people go in, but a lot of people hear sales training and they think, oh, that's for producers. My service Mm -hmm. slash team don't apply. And I reject that. Um, But we talk all about, and the the funniest thing to me is universally, and I don't, I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on this. So our first step of the sales process is building rapport, right? Like introducing ourselves, talking about who the agency is, talking about who you are, how you're going to get benefit them finding out all their details, right? I can't tell you every time I've launched this program with an agency and we talk about, you have to, you have to talk about yourself, like introduce yourself. Like I'm Kelly. I've been in insurance since I was 19. I want to learn about you so I can find the best rates and fit that's in within your family's budget. And they're like, we just want to get into the quote sheet. (laughs) (laughs) And then you hear these recorded phone calls where at the very end of the call, somebody's like, what's your name again? I was like, they just gave their social security to to somebody that they didn't know their name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so it's like slowing down to take control of the call. Um, There's a lot of feedback. People don't want that attention on them. They want to go quote, you know, like we want to do the transaction. That's how the industry has changed. I want to to get to the quote because that's what they care about. They care about the price. Well, bingo. You just made it about price. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't say I want to do business with her because I felt like she took the best care of me. Mm -hmm. You got to the price. We sell on price, we have to service on price, and we're going to lose on price eventually. And right. so we work really hard to set that up and do things like four and score. We think you should talk about mm. four lines of coverage on every new business call. We think you should quote on the phone and personal lines and small commercial. And I don't see any reason not to. Um, and our biggest thing that people fight us on is we, it's a rule. If you work with me in our sales program, you will not email quotes. You will not email quotes until after you have a conversation with somebody. Right. And if you do have a conversation, I want you to do a quick summary with bullet points. And I don't even want you to do the attachment because. Yep. I, I agree. Yep. I love that. I just, you email, you when you email someone a quote and like, I, I don't know you guys saw Don Miller at last year's Elevate, yep. right? So big brand story fans. And he talks a lot about like the consumer should not have to burn too many calories to do business with you. Yep. So yep. If you send my 70 year old. Yeah, and if you send my seventy-year-old mother a quote, you're asking her to know what water sewer backup is. Yeah, no. yeah. 
No, we have to get on talk about it. And then you can ask them to join the party, right? And do the call to action, get the down payment on that call. It saves so much time. Email a quote. People look at the price. They'll make a decision. And that's why most of the time in insurance, we don't hear no. We just get ghosted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And to I, me, I, sorry, go ahead, Olivia. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, people don't want to have to find an attachment. You know what I mean? Especially if, like, if people, if you're the type of person that's on the go, and so you're you're operating everything from your phone. And I know some phones are maybe, it, it lays out differently than others. But, like, for me, attachments show up in different ways in my phone. And so if you've attached a quote, I'm probably not even going to see it. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm going to be like, well, yeah. I had to scroll for too long and I just, I gave up. And so just forget it, it you know. Or my Wi-Fi wasn't good, didn't open. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just created another barrier to bringing that customer in the door. So let me ask you this. Um, so a, a lot of what we talk about, you hear it talked about a lot. Um, and I wanted to ask you this at the last conference we were at, but I just didn't have time. Um, what is your, what is your thought and how do you work in like a video quote proposal? Yeah, um, I'm just going to say one thing about what Olivia said, and I'll uh, just yeah. add. So one of our secret shoppers, we just got into um, kind of a back and forth with one of our agencies, we secret shop. So the woman's like, I, I emailed her the quote, right, which was against the policy and procedure. Mm -hmm. But she's like, yep. my secret shopper said she didn't get the quote. She said she emailed it. We looked in the management system. There's an email. It went to her spam folder. It went to the secret shopper spam folder. Now, again, yep. the client's not going to check their junk or spam folder to look for your quote. Right. You know? Right. So it's another reason to not do it. Um, so here's my feeling on video proposals. I think this is what like we talked about earlier. Technology can enhance a relationship, but it's not the relationship. Correct. So to me, it, plan A is I'm getting you on the phone, right? Correct. So if I said I'm going to quote you, I can't quote you on the phone. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to set a time. Wait, do we have a new quote call? <laughs> it's an agency-wide phone call, so I'm not missing a sales opportunity. I promise you that. <laughs> I was going to applaud you. I'm like, go get it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do this live. Yeah. yeah, let's see. Let's do a secret chopper call. Yeah, you want to do a uh, secret chopper right now? Forward <laughs> so, to voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one here is available to get you a quote because we don't do that on Tuesdays. You know, like we, <laughs> right. we don't, uh, we don't I'm in an industry-wide webinar, uh, which is hopefully going to help me better uh, service you later. <laughs> um, so on the video quote, I, I was if I couldn't quote you on the phone, what yeah. I would do at that point is say, what time tomorrow can I go over your options? What works for you? Book an appointment. If you ghosted me on that appointment, I'm going to call you three times that hour, which freaks people out. But we had an appointment. We, yeah. we were, I got to yeah. value my time just like you have to value your time. And I'm going to try yeah. to get you on the phone because by that third call, you're probably picking up because you feel like this big and terrible that you ghosted me yeah. or that you got caught up in something else. <laughs> nice. Um, so to me, it's like that is a last ditch effort. But even then, I wouldn't attach the quote to it. So if, if I couldn't get you back on the phone, I'd take a, a final swap at that. Um, now, if you gave me a hard objection of I need to talk to my business partner, my accountant, and you were like, just I couldn't get that person on the phone to talk to them direct, I would do the video side of things. Okay. Um, I'll say two things on video, though. And I, I, I love I love video. We do a ton of video. But if you are not somebody who's comfortable on video, you right. cannot do a video proposal. Good, good, it's, good point. It's like one of the most awkward, uncomfortable things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I would never lean on a video proposal without a conversation because to me, yeah. I need that dialogue of that feedback. I want to see your reaction to the price. I want to hear it. I want to feel it so that 100%. I can 
move my quote around a video, I could just be like, no, mm, thanks. Okay. Bye. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And time management wise, I want to take your payment. If you're ready to go, I want your payment. Absolutely. And I would, yeah. I'm going to send that to you on e-sign. Did you get the e-sign? You want to sign it right now? I want it done and off my desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So video is like, it's that, it's a great way to take those people that are like the yellow flags. Like I don't, we're yeah. not sure they're going to close and try to convert those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up because obviously that's something we do a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you because I've watched some people um, that have no business really doing video, try to do it. And it's, it's, it's real. And I hate to be mean about it, but like, it's, it's just, it can sometimes be like you said, it can, it can hinder the relationship more than it can help it. Um, if you, if you're not smooth with it. So, you know, and it takes time. You have to put in the reps. There's probably people out there watching that, you know, I mean, I started and that was terrible with it. Um, but there's something about, and just from, from doing this every day, there's something about the feedback that you receive from those people that's different. Um, but to that end, and to your point, I always, always, always have talked with them on the phone and I'm at a point where I need more time to do something. And what I'm utilizing that video quote to do is to explain and educate usually within just a few minutes, sort of the, the boiled down version of what I want them to really focus on. Um, and, and so we, uh, we do have some success with it. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things that's like, um, nothing works a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So where it works, I think it's awesome, but it wouldn't be my, it'd be my plan B, not my plan A. Cool. Yeah. I like it. So really just know, know where it belongs, know where the messaging belongs. Um, so I have, I have, I have so many questions. We're like, we're, we're winding. I feel like we're getting close ish. Forty-five minutes. So, so I have okay. So I have two. Oh gosh, I like don't even know to choose. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about how you feel about like that pre-qualification process on on that first call. So when you have that that sale, that first call with a prospect, like Mm -hmm. what what kind of red flags do you look out for? Um, and so maybe we go with that. I mean, I have. (laughs) I don't know how to pick. (laughs) <laughs> so to me, you know, the first thing is you have to, as salespeople, we all need to learn about the four different personality types because um, I want to learn your personality type. Like the driver personality is very short, direct to the point. And so we can't just discount them because they're more of a driver personality. Yep. What I would be looking for on that call in the first two minutes. So I put a timer on like two to three minutes at three minutes, I'm going to use part of my gut, but part of my underwriting questions, like, how did you hear about us? How many other agents mm-hmm. have you called? What's important to you in selecting an agent other than price? Um, you know, I pull up whatever the you know business or property or whatnot was on, you know, Google Maps and take a quick look at it. Um, but, you know, if they've called six agents, I'd, I'd bail. Um, yep. If they're like, well, just how long is this going to take? I only want the cheapest price. Yeah, I'd say to do it right. It's actually going to probably take me about 45 minutes. Um, but I'm going to shop the top companies for you to get you the best price. Do you want to move forward? And if they didn't, then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to talk to them about tell me a little bit about I'm, I'm going to pull up some information. Tell me a little bit about yourself. See what they say. Um, but at that point in time, to me, the one thing that has and I forget this once a year and I pay, I pay my penance, my tuition money on, um, bad prospect, bad client. Yeah. 
So if, yeah. if they're giving you pushback, you know, bad prospect, bad client, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. Um, if they're pushing you around too much, if they aren't going to value being an independent agent, you know, if I would say if, if they want insurance for a couple days, you know, not for me, not, it's not for any independent agent. Like there's Absolutely. people out there that do that better than us, but you know, that could, that person can sap up so much of our time that then we don't get to the good stuff. Yep. And they're so offended. I mean, I, I, I tell people to take a hike regularly, um, but they, but they, uh, they get so offended. If, I mean, they, they, they like try, I've got certain people that will take me to task. Well, you said you might have a market. Can you check that? Mar-? I'm like, ma'am, it's just not going to, I've done this enough to know that this is, I'm not going to have the best solution for you. You know, yeah. I, I know that, you know, yeah. And so to save your time and mine, I just, I don't think we should move forward. And I've gotten really comfortable at saying that to people, unfortunately. Maybe fortunate. Well, it's, and it's also, it's like the, it's a great time here to talk about, you know, Miracle on 34th Street with the Macy's Santa Claus, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you send them elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can too. And sometimes I don't think it's a bad idea to have a relationship with somebody that can serve them. So, hey, I don't do this, but I do want to set you up with the best person I know that can, you know, and, and going at it from that, whether it's a non standard shop, whether it's a local captive that you can refer business back and forth. Cause sometimes they have underwriting guidelines in certain areas like yep. California with rush and stuff like that, that you can't get to, you know, help the person out and then go from there. But I think that the pushback on agents is always like, well, what if they leave me a bad Google review? Mm. And I, I just like, well, then you respond and say, I'm sorry, we just weren't the best fit, you know, you know, for your, you know, two put pit bulls with a trampoline, a diving board and a wood stove. We really just weren't a good fit for you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> your your the the slide next to your pool didn't look stable. Yeah, the um, diving board. <laughs> yeah, it looked like real fun, but not for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is what's one thing? And I know you have you have just this this mass just massive wealth of knowledge. But what what's one thing that you think that agencies could implement tomorrow that would be just maybe not a huge game changer, but at least a good incremental tra- change in the right direction of the way that they do things. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go back to the, you know, I love sales, but by far we all make more money on renewals. Um, mm-hmm. And so to me, I, it's getting proactive on renewal. And I know that seems like a huge mountain to overcome, but it solves so many problems you know, to your point of, you know, you're going to stop an, you know, issue before it starts, the team morale improves we have better relationships with our customers. Like it just, you sell from it as well. Like it's just, it's the one thing. And, you know, sometimes I'm in some of the Facebook groups and things like that. And people have all these opinions on calling their customer and doing it or not doing it. And I just, after doing it, installing it so many agencies, it's, it's like, uh, it is the, the best thing that we have to a wonder drug in insurance that we can get to. Yeah. And honestly, it is the way we were doing business. Right. Yep, it's true. It's true. We we may have broken what wasn't what didn't need to be fixed. Yeah, and you know, if, if you look at it and you say everybody doesn't have any time, well, what could be more important than that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah, it is. It's the perfect opportunity to yeah, just identify stuff before you are suddenly like caught off guard by it for sure. Yeah. Um. So what is the, what is your favorite thing about what, what it is that you do every day? 
Like if you had to, mm-hmm. if you had to pick, you can give me more than one, but. <laughs> you know, um, so I get, I, I travel every week. So I'm mm-hmm. on an airplane every single week. It's, it's, in fact, after next week, I'm home. I'm, I'm home for two weeks. So me and my husband will have this like awkward phase of like, I'm home. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what are we doing? Where are you going? And he's just like, I'm got other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's like funny. We're so good at being apart like, and so good at being together. Or like when I am home, but then these awkward times or we just, it's like one of those funny things that happens. Um, but so to me, it's like, the reason I get on an airplane every week is um, when you see people do something that they never believed that they could do, and you've been a part of that, and they can look back and say, oh my goodness, I didn't think that that was possible. Like the agency I'm at now, um, shortly after, a couple months after our sales training, she had her biggest month ever. She sold almost $90,000 in premium. And, you know, so it's like to be part of those moments with people is something that's just, you know, gets you on that next airplane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So in all of your travels, do you have like a favorite place or some, you know, like a, an area of the country? Or I guess you're because you're you're Canada and U.S. in terms of like the footprint that you cover. Yeah. Is that is that those two countries? Right. Is there anything else? Are you doing some? Uh, we actually got, um, it's happened twice now. We, we've got two leads from the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> they're trying to do like a agent a meeting. Yeah, like I wouldn't say it was as grand as Elevate, but it was, um, they were trying to do like a, they wanted to have us come out as a speaker. But I think what happened was like Caribbean time hit where it just really wasn't so well organized. And, you know, um, but it, so I, we are U.S. and Canada. Um Favorite part. So it's it's funny. Um, I actually love coming to Iowa, Olivia. Um, I don't. I, we, we just have really good clients in Iowa, and it's so picturesque. And um, I love the small town feel. <laughs> um, uh, I love Seattle. I love coming out here. Um, like logistically, I my best friend lives in California. I just hate it when it's so hot. Like <laughs> so. I go to California in the winter, but in the summer, I'm just like, oh, it's smoggy and hot. I can take it or leave it. Um, But really, to me, it's it's like when I go someplace, I I don't really get to go as a tourist necessarily or to see. So it's like the one thing I think people tell me about how they explain what we do is that, like, I become a very good friend of theirs as well. So it's like to me, I'm coming to see Andrew Cross and Celia and Steven today. It's not it's not so much of a business side of things. So it's like, I'm going to have dinner with really, really good friends of mine. Um, And that's that's an awesome part about it. Yeah. Which is, which is amazing. I I can't even imagine the number of relationships you have across the country. Cause it's like, it's game changing stuff that you're bringing to people. So. Oh, thank you. Well, we actually laugh a little bit. So top secret information. Um, When we have clients locally, like Massachusetts, Rhode Island, um, if, if we can drive there same day, the relationship is actually dramatically different. Um, when, when an agency invests in having you fly out and like really organize where if it's like in Massachusetts, like, Oh, Kelly's coming by today. (laughs) It's like, where (laughs) everyone else is like no vacation time, lunch is being brought in. Like it's just a little bit more casual because the expense and the commitment is just different because, you know, we could be there in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So, 
So how how do people find you? Uh, you have your podcast. And you have our guys, podcast. Which is always great. You have great guests that come on. Um, and you're, you're still, are you still doing that once a month? We're doing it once a month. Yeah. Okay. We find that it's just a good, good little time. And then we're guests on other podcasts. So yep. I feel yep. like once a month is good. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how, how do people find you? Um, Delta Sky Lounges are a great place to find me. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Nice. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, we actually, uh, based on, um, you know, our friend Don Miller, brand, story brand there, um, we just actually put on our website and changed some things around where on our website, if you go to agencyperformancepartners.com, pretty much everywhere you look, there is a big red button that says book an appointment. You can okay. click on that and it comes right into my calendar. So... Perfect. If you wanted to find me, I would say that's the best and easy way. If you look at my calendar and it's looking a little egregious because I might be in different time zones, go to the contact form, drop me a note. You know, we can we can work through that. But um, we always say, even if it's just want to pick my brain for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, we give that to any agency. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do, um, I'll just say this one. I, I don't want to make this an infomercial, but if you are interested, what we do um, we are going to be changing our pricing next year. So you can lock in 2019 pricing, just sign an agreement and, you know, you can use our services anytime next year, get started anytime. But that's a great way if you're even considering it, I'd say do it now. Um, I'm Always happy to be selling Kelly. Always yeah, be well, selling. I'm happy to take more of your money for the same services <laughs> next year. Um, uh, that's great. Hey, listen, I've got, so we've got about three minutes left. Olivia, I did not prep Olivia on this, but one of my thoughts was I want to do a quick two minute recap with commentary. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Apparently not. This Does might she fall, have any other might fall, This might be the equivalent of an internet fall flat on your face. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to try it. Uh, here it is. Look at oh. this. Oh. These are my key take takeaways for Kelly. So the first thing, so much more organized, <laughs> proactive renewal phone calls. Number one, number two, allow staff to fire clients. And I put the bracket system. That was an incredible moment, by the way. I, I, I'm, I'm still imagining so many brackets and at a, you know, at a, you know, a, um, a Mexican restaurant, you know, you talked about chips and salsa flying around. I mean, Margaritas. I have like, it's forever in my brain. So that's amazing. Um, if we're worried about, you know, we should never open our doors. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, let's see, we have to own the IA channel. Uh, I'm a first call resolution, call resolution kind of girl. I like that line. That was great. Uh, and a bad prospect always equals a bad client. And of course, you can find Kelly, agency performance. I didn't have enough room, partners.com. How'd I do? That was a great recap. I'm trying. It was a great recap. It was actually a very funny one too. Like you okay. were very vivid in your description. We're trying to uh, we're trying to change the world of insurance one live phone call at a time. Yeah, anyway. I love it. I was bringing guacamole into the mix as well, just so you guys know. Um, so I'm going to ask one last question. What are you looking forward to most in 2020? Oh, this is a good question. And I'm going to go back into always be selling mode. Um, so we are going to launch a new service line in 2020 where um, we're going to do a subscription training service. So oh. it's actually, there's going to be a leadership guide for leaders, workbooks for the staff, quizzes. And oh, it's actually um, eight, eight weeks or no, ten, sorry, 10 weeks. So you learn one objective 
There's discussion oh. talking points. There's homework. Come oh. back. We talk about it. It's all video. Homework. So like, yeah. Well, not for you guys, for the staff. Um, <laughs> I'm working on one right now, which is like, what are the top endorsements you want to talk about? Like, how do we get increases in coverage? And so they have to go do a cheat of like, hey, at Travelers, these are the top auto endorsements and roughly their cost. So like you start aggregating these great things. But um, so we're going to be launching it to our beta test in Q1 um, to any client that's done business with us in Q2. And then the second half of the year. We just get a lot of agencies that are a little too small to maybe have us come and work with them directly or um, clients have gone through all of our programs and, you know, now they can have something that keeps that training going and alive. So really excited about that for next year. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Olivia, anything else? Uh, no, this was this was amazing, and I I am going to tell you, Kelly, that I didn't get through half of the questions that I had written down. Of course, this not. was a, such amazing discussion. This was this is wonderful. I have I have a meeting this afternoon, and I am taking all of these notes and just regurgitating them to the group. So I'm I'm excited. This was perfect timing for me. Oh, well, and I'd be happy to do a follow-up if you if you guys want in the future. So um, if you need another guest to go through the questions, just let me know. <laughs> amazing. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Enjoy of course. the West. Enjoy the West Coast. Will do. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. Merry Christmas. All right. All right. See you all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.